Moving to a different country is never easy. It requires unimaginable sacrifices and to put up with things that you didn't really expect you'd have to. Anyone that has left their country will tell you that. My next two guests have spent two years in New Brunswick, Canada, working day and night to achieve their goals and aspirations, and know a thing or two about facing unexpected challenges. This is their story. Well, first of all, thank you, Valeria, and thank you, Monica, for coming here. You two are my first in-person guests for Prisa Porca, and I'm actually really excited to have you both here. Um, We've known each other for almost two years now. Yeah. We've been friends for almost those two years. Because <laughs> you yeah. said you didn't like me at first. Yeah, I <laughs> Sure. <laughs> but in those two years of friendship, I think that we've been able to see how much the three of us have worked mm -hmm. here in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you two started working almost as soon as you arrived. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. like a month later. That's crazy. But <laughs> I started working two years into my time here in Canada. And I feel that as soon as we started, we just didn't know how to stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we just we had one job and then it was two jobs and then three okay, jobs. Yeah. Um, so I think that we've seen how much time we have dedicated mm -hmm. from our time here to working. And we've also seen how many other people that have come here from outside of Canada spend a lot of their time here working. Yeah. Um, so something that I wanted to discuss with you is just how working in certain areas mm -hmm. might lead you to experience things that are ne not necessarily as nice. Mm -hmm. um, so my main goal today is to shine some light on those not so nice moments mm -hmm. so that we can provide our listeners with more of a raw perspective of what some of us have to go through and just unwrap the whole conversation that goes around employment and labor and immigrants. So I just want you to talk to me a little bit about your experience here working in Canada. And I am particularly interested in your experience working in the retail industry, because mm -hmm. I just started working in the retail industry a couple of months ago, maybe four months ago. Mm -hmm. And I experienced a lot of things that I had never experienced in my two years, because the retail industry alone exposes whether you're an immigrant or not, people to hostile environment where yeah. people can just be mean at you. Yeah. Um, so I'm just interested on, first of all, what kind of jobs you've had here, mm -hmm. and then if you want to just diverge into your retail experience. Mm -hmm. I guess, I, I think you, you should better because you started in retail. Yeah, so my first job, I worked at a university. I worked as an assistant. It was the best job ever. I had the best boss. I love her. And the second one was kind of searching for financial aid for the university. It was both in the university. And that summer, I was looking for a summer job, and that's where I landed at the store at the mall. That's where I started working. And from there, I've worked. Now I have an internship with a very important Nonprofit organization here in Fredericton and and more jobs at the university. <laughs> yeah, you have like five in total. Right? Yeah, I have like five jobs right, right now. now. Right yeah. now, and you're working um, the five of them. I'm working five of them. I'm doing my five courses as well. Okay, see, that's crazy. Because um, <laughs> I when I started working, I started with one. <laughs> then I was like, oh, I I can work two jobs now, and I tried doing the same thing. And at one point, I was working three jobs with the university and overloading. So I know how hard it is. So that is <laughs> yeah. crazy. It so is. kudos on you. I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to invite both of you two, because I've seen how much you work. And also, you two are like 
little sisters for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, to see you coming super scared, and I think I was in charge of your orientation, yeah, too, you when you came in. So there, there is some sort of sense of pride when I see how much you work. <laughs> um, but what about you, Valeria? Um, so when I got here, my first job was also at the university, the career development office. I was an assistant. And then um, I barely worked on campus. I, I went directly outside, had an internship as well at a farm, which was crazy but life-changing, physical labor. And um, then I got a retail job at one, at one store here at Fredericton. And after that, I continue having jobs. Right now I have four, tentatively five. The same as Monica. Um, one of them is still retail. Now I'm in another store. And um, I don't know, I guess I can just say that it's very different to have a, like office jobs and serious jobs and working at retail. Yeah. It's, it's such a change, completely. Mm -hmm. Even you physically and personally, you change the moment you walk into your retail job. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And I think it's even harder if you're not from here. Exactly. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you to, because I, I had worked many jobs before, but they were all in my university. And we know Stu, St. Thomas mm -hmm. University, is a very safe environment where, like, yeah. if anyone's rude against you, which can happen, a lot of people will put them in their place and, and will yeah. correct them or defend you. That doesn't happen in retail spaces. Mm -hmm. And I, in my four years of being here, I hadn't worked retail ever mm -hmm. here. Yeah. And when I started working, I noticed that difference of like that safe environment is completely gone. Mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. also in my experience, I used to be someone in my four years where like, I just like to lay low. So working retail, you can't, you don't have that choice. No. You yeah. have to expose yourself whether yeah. you want it or not. So I guess that that's what I want to unravel. Mm -hmm. Like, what it's what has it been like to work retail mm. here in Canada for you? Because you know we're not white. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're not. Clearly, yeah we're not. like our, our skin color <laughs> clearly depicts that we're not Canadian. <laughs> Sometimes when we pronounce words, like you know that English is not our first language. One time I said machine instead of machine. Like like people just notice sure. that you're not from here. And personally, I never thought that would matter. But yeah, I get it. I mm -hmm. didn't think that would be something that I would have to be self-aware. Yeah. Um, so has that been something that has happened to you where you just know mm -hmm. that that matters, even though you wish it didn't? I feel like we had this conversation many times before. Because mm -hmm. Monica has been in retail like, for almost two years. I've been in retail as well, almost two years, two different jobs. One of the things that we always discuss is racism, for sure. Um, you get this looks of people like just like staring at you or suddenly like where are you from or what language do you speak are you Spanish um, what's your name from especially because my name is Valeria and the moment I say my name I just look people it, I, to people and they're like what yeah what is that <laughs> and they never get it right right so They're like, what? Where's your name from? Things like that. You get stares, you get um, treatment, you get rude people because you know somehow your race is an influence in that. <laughs> you get the exotic word as well. Or your yeah. skin is so beautiful. What a lovely hair. And yeah, they're like compliments, but you know when someone's trying to compliment you, when someone's just like pointing out difference about you. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And that has been my experience, especially because in the store that I'm working right now, I'm dealing with a lot of old people, and especially men. And I, I get those stares, those compliments, those talkings. Um, I also, my staff, you know, there's words that are so complicated I've never heard in my life. I don't even know the words in Spanish sometimes, but the <laughs> things that we sell at the store. So whenever I can't pronounce something, like the treatment they give me, like, oh, that's such a lovely pronunciation, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Oh, you're trying to say this? And... I get it, I don't speak English, but there's a way as well when people correct you that you are like, oh, okay. Then when people are like trying to be mean about or it. Or patronize you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's my experience with racism at my store, for sure. And I don't feel like sometimes you can just go and tell someone about it. Yeah. You can just, it's not like you can go to your manager and say, like, hey, I just experienced racism. It's just like something that affects you and through the rest of your shift. You carry it with you and you take it home. Yeah. Um, Actually, that's something... Like, what you just said right now is something that I was thinking about. Because there are people that will be, like, no shame at all. They'll just be <laughs> straight yeah. up racist or, like, rude. And they, they don't care because that's just who they are, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But then there's the other ones that are not as overt, which mm -hmm. are the microaggressions that exactly. you just know that they're not that... Like, they don't... Outside to anyone around you, they don't feel mm -hmm. as bad at all. Like, they don't look like a big deal or anything but you personally like you feel it inside you your feel, gut yes. like where you just know that your race or where you were from played a role in how your interaction went mm -hmm. and I remember I actually had a, a after working a month in the store that I'm working right now they did a like a monthly check-in and I was just like what am I supposed to do if like it wasn't like It will, if I share this with anyone else that's not from outside of Canada, yeah. they won't see it as a big deal. Yeah, so, like, how? what am I supposed to do if it was a microaggression? Like, if no one's gonna go crazy about me mm -hmm. telling this to them, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And thankfully, they were really nice about it, but I know that not Everybody every can. store, every retail retailer is like that. Mm -hmm. So, thankfully, I'm in a space where these things happen and there are procedures in place, but sometimes you don't even want to share them because mm -hmm. it's just, like... Am I like there's some gaslighting into it where yeah. you're just like Am I making this up? Yeah. This was not that bad. Yeah. Am I making mm -hmm. this a big deal more than it should or am I being a baby? I remember that I was just like Am I being dramatic about this? Like is is mm -hmm. this really that bad because it, it's even the looks like because sometimes you're just like i'm not going to complain about how someone looked at me or like yeah, yeah when they corrected me yeah. yeah but i was like that time that i that it happened it was a lady that looked at my name tag and then she sort of put a face where like she wanted to throw up kind of mm -hmm. and then she just didn't make eye contact with me at all when she had already done it mm -hmm. and i was just like like what do i do you know like mm -hmm. like who do i tell who, how can i prove that she even feels disgusted mm -hmm. at me because oh, yeah. like there there's no way to prove it either yeah. so it's just I, i guess that's what like have you had any of those experiences mm -hmm. what about you monica i think for me i've oh like you mentioned like this is not such a big deal like i've never put too much money on it but i always see their faces and For me, it has always been an issue. Like, they treat me like I'm stupid. Yes, they always do that. And I always... Yeah, like, their mistakes or... They feel like they know more about the store than me. I've been trained this way. Like, I know where this book or this thing is because I've been working here. And I notice them, their treatment towards me. Like, it could be very cold. Like, whatever, throwing the stuff at me or get me this thing. 
while there's a white person next to me and they become really nice and they're laughing with this white person and they're making conversation with them well i ask them how are you doing how are stuff they don't even reply at me and they always treat me that way like that's something i've learned and i had to understand that for them i'm very stupid just because i don't speak english and it's just that like some words don't come out correctly <laughs> sometimes i don't speak them well i mean it's totally fine by me but For them is thinking like I'm less than my white co-workers, like I won't know stuff that my white co-workers do just because I'm not from here. Yeah, and that's really interesting that you have to struggle with that because we have pretty good English. Like we we speak English at, to a level that yeah. we got into university and sometimes like no offense to any native English speakers, but sometimes we speak it better than them because we learned the actual rules of the language when we were learning the language. Yeah. They just learn how to speak it. So it's really interesting that you struggle with that because i'm just thinking about like people were actually they can't speak mm -hmm. any english yeah, or they imagine for them how how they might treat them like. now i just want to touch on something that you mentioned valeria actually and that is something that i'm really into is the theory of intersectionality and how like your different identities can compound mm -hmm. and you two are not only latinas but you're also women yeah um and i think that the patronizing of women happens everywhere yeah. um but that tied to the fact that latinas are over sexualized yes. is a very deep issue here yeah. so has that been something that you have experienced yeah i feel like I might give you an answer, but then Monica has an experience, which is gonna be more valuable. Um, but I do, I, you know, I had countless experience of men just like staring at me. The moment they see like my skin, like they see me, they just approach me and they start like talking to me and trying to pronounce the words in Spanish. And they're definitely flirting. You know, I don't flirt, but I know when someone's creepy, in a creepy way flirting with me. And they're like old dudes. And they say, like, so caliente, so hot. Really? They use those type of words. Oh, that's gross. And I'm like, what is going on? I even had one experience where we really had no customers at the time. And I was, like, talking with my coworkers. It was, like, five of us down there, the cash. And then this man comes. And I could see that he, he looked at me. So he was walking straight to me. And he's like, I'm here. You were waiting for me. I know you, you want to see me. I had never seen that guy in my life. And then my coworker tried to help him, but he was like, no, I want her. So he put me aside. He made me like, obviously like scan his things. And he was just talking to me and talking in Spanish and flirting. And everybody around was just staring at him because he was like, what is going on? And they were like, Valeria, you have a fan. He has a crush on you. And it was really a really weird experience. It was like an old man. And I'm like, what, exactly what's going on? You know, it's not like I look that pretty when I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. It's just like, exactly. But the moment that they know that I'm a Latina, they're like, oh, you can see how they think about like something sexy. Yeah. They view me that way. Mm -hmm. And it's not comfortable. Yeah. I feel like it even happens to us like during right taking a cab or yeah. bus or random people they always say they always use the word exotic like that's mm -hmm. how they describe us and that is so problematic because like exotic that's is a word you would use with an animal exactly. <laughs> for example like it is super problematic because exactly. it's not like like just because you have never seen one of us <laughs> I mean, in yeah. your life it's not our fault like just educate yourself yeah, <laughs> like exactly. it's not it's not that hard mm -hmm. <laughs> i think with me i always 
I've had a lot of encounters mm-hmm. where I felt kind of co- uncomfortable, but I always feel like I'm making this up, like it's okay, like, he was just complimenting you. But I think the worst one for me was, I think I told you once, I was helping a customer and he was like with an old lady, I don't know, their relationship. And I was helping them because they couldn't find something and I was there. And he suddenly asked like straight up, like if I was married, if I was single, I said like, no, I'm not married. But for me, it was like an innocent talk, just getting to know my customer. Because that's what they pay me for, like become friends almost with my customer. And I spent, it was like an hour and a half, I think. But it felt like eternity for me because he suddenly started approaching the fact that I was single and pushing me to date him. And, but it was not only dating him, like it was like marrying him. And saying that he was not gonna give up on me. He was always gonna come back. He was always gonna be waiting for me outside the store. He was always gonna come inside the store and ask for me. He was not gonna let me go. He was always gonna come here because I had to agree to go out with him. And every time I kept saying like, no, I'm not interested. He kept pushing me and asking me why not? Why not? If I could totally get him, if I was single. And I think I explained in very brief ways, brief words, but in that moment it was, like one of the scariest things for me because I felt how this was no longer like innocent talk. This was someone deadly serious about it, like not leaving me alone. That I remember kind of being scared, like starting to get very, very scared and just looking around myself and I knew I was alone. Like my none of my coworkers were around. I couldn't even glance at someone. And he kept pressuring and pushing and pushing and pushing. And then he got the old lady to push me back. So it was like me between them and getting at me about dating him. And I don't know why. It's always weird because I couldn't move in that moment. I should have moved late, like soon enough, but I couldn't leave. Because I kept saying, and like, this is not that bad. Like, I'm just making this up. I'm over-exaggerating. Until I said, like, somebody needs me. I'm going to leave. And I remember being, like, shaking and telling my manager, like, this guy's not leaving me alone. Like, I need to go and hide. And they actually told me that he was not leaving the store and he kept asking them about me. He kept going around the store looking for me. So I, I literally had to hide for that moment. And then he left. I was very shaken up at that moment. And they were like, okay, he left. We're going to be taking care of you. But he came back later on. And the same exact thing happened to me. And that was like three times that I always had to deal with him. Never saw him again, but he even shamed me and made me think that I was the one who was inciting him. I was the one who wanted to go out with him and now I was playing hard to get. So that was a very hard one for me. Um, I can't even explain it properly. It was like living. (laughs) And I also had customers as well that they always approach me and make comments like I know I know you want to pay me a compliment, but the way you are doing it, it's not correct. I just feel like taken back and I know I had to step away from them because they feel like they could get me just because how it looked like. And they always say that we Latinas are locas Mm -hmm. and if uh, we can get any man and we sleep around and that's what they say to my face. Like they don't even talk about it behind me. They always say it like they have the right to. I'm sorry, you have to go. <laughs> I didn't know that story, actually, but it is so unfortunate because, one, it's the same thing with, like, 
waitresses, right? Like, like you wouldn't compliment a waitress because like they're literally paying them to be nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they don't like they have no way. Yeah. Like when you're in a position of customer service, you literally can you're you're sort of constrained to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because anything that you do in self defense will be received as rude by whoever you're yeah. defending yourself against. And you could even lose your job. Exactly. Yeah. And and in a position when you're a student like you guys, um, you're just like, I have to suck it up. Like there's there's nothing else I can do about it, which is why it sucks. And and what happened to you is probably something that many women in general go through mm-hmm. and especially let like immigrant women that are seen as exotic by any other man. It's just very unfortunate. So I'm really sorry you had to go through it. Yeah, and, and, and I can imagine the stories other women have as well. Yeah. They, who do we talk to? Like, how are they gonna restrain that person from coming in? We just have to like lower gaze and just act as nothing. Which sucks and shouldn't be like that. But <laughs> I guess um, transitioning to a different topic. I was not expecting to go through those things working. Yeah. Um, like. It wasn't something that I ever worried about. It wasn't something that I gave some thought. I actually, I the only work job that I had back home was one. I worked at a retail store as well at Zara mm-hmm. for one month. <laughs> that was it. Um, uh, so like my concept of working, there was no concept. <laughs> like I just, I didn't expect anything. So I guess, did you two work back home? And if you did... Um, like, were you expecting any of this experiences that you've had that they would come like they did? Like, did you expect your race or your your ethnicity, your gender to matter that much as it has? I, honestly, we've been working since we we're fifteen. If I'm honest, we yeah. always got like jobs or friends, and because we wanted to learn what working was and, and make our own income, make yeah. our own income, like our money. Um, but I always say that I feel like when I first came to Canada, I was like fully aware of that where I was from and how I looked. Because back home, everybody looks almost the same, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's totally fine. But it was until I moved that I became like it was just like a big sign telling me who I was and where I was from. I don't know, just being self-aware of myself. Yeah, I never actually thought like I knew before getting in retail that. Customers go first and you have to serve them. But I never thought I was going to encounter the things that I encounter or people were going to treat me the, the way they treat me just because they're white. Yeah, I was never expecting that. But also something that I think people should try to understand and to grasp is the fact that now that we know that this is what we're going to experience, we're still going through it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. this is still a better outcome for us then than we have, because yeah. yeah. like, and I'm just thinking as well of people that are that have it worse than us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're like going through such mistreatment is still better than having to go back home and face whatever they were facing if they did mm-hmm. not have the choice to leave. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that people should try to understand more. Yeah. Um, because like I said, you have no idea of like if they're already having a bad time experiencing you. Yeah. Um, if you're being rude, just imagine how worse off they were before. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know. I feel like people don't don't get that. They they don't process that as well. It's I don't know. Definitely, can Canada's not like that paradise that we thought we were coming up. Yeah, and. 
that's not to be ungrateful. No, we are not. Because, like, I, like I've, thankfully for my experience here, I am who I am today. And I grew a lot, like I said, and never worked. But that didn't come easy. Like, there have no. been a lot of bittersweet moments and stuff like that. And just on that note, I think that we all know that, especially with Trump coming to power in 2016, mm -hmm. like, this idea was already present, but the idea of immigrants being sort of an economic burden yeah. was always a thing, like... You hear it and you see it everywhere, like, especially right now, like with COVID, you were just saying like, oh, those immigrants are coming here to take our jobs or they're coming here to profit off our social services, especially here in Canada. They have public um, health services. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're here to profit off our system. Or sometimes, like Trump said, they're here to increase crime and whatnot. Um, so all these negative things lead to a rhetoric along the lines of go back to your country yes kind of thing where it's just like just leave like they, they literally want us to leave um and we're seen as a cost and i just yeah. i want to know first of all how you feel about that and then i'll just give you some numbers to everyone listening just to put into perspective yeah. in new brunswick context where i've seen people commenting on social media posts like go back to your country yes. or stuff like yeah. that i've seen it a lot um so i just want to know what you think first of hearing those things after knowing how much you work because you work a lot um just what how do you feel when you hear those comments or you see those comments knowing how much you're actually putting in and how much you're contributing to their society and their economy you know it, it makes me really mad if i'm honest because i am working more than what most of the white students like taking my same major or same university work at the same like i'm studying and i'm working a lot and i don't want to praise myself but i do a pretty good job at customer service compared to the the rest of my coworkers who are white as well and even if you're racist or whatever at least just do your research yeah and see how much we are paying to be here mm -hmm. we're paying the trip of tuition and without like why it's not like the university gives me my study permit or my visa you know i'm paying triple and i have to find ways of paying that amount so i'm working as much as i can i'm contributing a lot even more than some canadians mm -hmm. so save your opinion about like race whatever but just look at the numbers mm -hmm. and like analyze without us where would the economy in Brunswick be so honestly I, actually that's a perfect transition so i'll just let you go after i give the numbers so <laughs> i did some research and 2019 um we contributed $812 million, $813 million. That's how much money immigrants, including you guys, international mm -hmm. students, contributed to New Brunswick's GDP, according to the New Brunswick Multicultural Council. That includes $129 million in tax contributions. Of course, yeah. And $355 million spent in items like food, shelter, mm -hmm. clothing, transportation, healthcare and personal care, and recreation, among others. Mm -hmm. So just hearing that big number, knowing that New Brunswick and Canada as a whole has problems with population growth, mm -hmm. and knowing how much they actually need us. Exactly, yeah. Um, how do you feel, Monica, hearing all <laughs> and seeing all those things? I think it angers me as well, because I think if they're based themselves on such racist ideas, you're literally seeing our color, you don't see our struggles. I have always paid my taxes, just like any other white person 
who lives here. I go to my job. I get paid the same amount as my coworkers. They don't give me an extra bonus just because I'm international student and they might know my struggles. I don't get extra vacation days just because I might feel homesick, just because of my mental health. The university, we pay so much more than white people. And yet I don't see them giving me an extra source of education, like an all-star education. I get the same courses as they do. We do the same, exact same thing. I'm trying to do an honors and I do the exact same struggle as any other student, Canadian student. So it angers me as well. Because you feel like I come here to eat from your money. I come here to take your jobs. Yet I didn't see anybody getting fired. For me to go inside those jobs, not only, I learned everything. Not only that, but you know, this happened in the states a lot when Trump came into power. But when they they had they they stopped like accepting temporary foreign workers, those job positions got open and their like their labor force went down because mm -hmm. no one was taking those jobs. Same thing happened here with COVID when they were not accepting temporary foreign workers. Um, in terms of immigration, those jobs didn't get filled and that's why they started accepting them again. So it's more of a thing of like, first, I think it's 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 also problematic that we're only seen as their source of income. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, whether they value us or not, our value comes from how much money we bring into their country, exactly. which is problematic already. And, and it, it's the same problem of not seeing us as individuals rather as a like a money grab because um, we we do bring in a lot of money <laughs> um, whether like your lower class middle class upper class like you're contributing to their economy um, so I think like just trying to see us as individuals that whether we contribute or not and I know this might be very utopic or idealistic but whether someone is contributing money or not like they should not be treated differently uh -huh. and this is not to say like oh white people or canadians are um like unaware or unconscious or completely bluntly like don't care about us like that's not to say or to undermine their efforts because uh -huh. they also have to work for things but uh -huh. they definitely have it easier <laughs> than what we have it in yet. the sense where their skin color their race the access to resources is not yeah. as hindered or as hefty as it is for us which i think is something that a lot of people need to value when they make it to the top quote unquote um how many things like how much value is there in someone like you guys that are working every single day um overcoming all of these things like every day pretty much because this experience is it's not like oh it's a saturday we're gonna give you a break <laughs> like you know it's, it's not like you you get to rest from these things because you know sometimes sometimes you might even be wrong but even a different eyesight from a person might make you think like are they thinking that i'm not from here like you know like even if you're wrong you just can't help to take that idea off your head um But yeah, I, I, I also get angry, like yeah. you do, even though I don't show it. Um, and it, it is annoying to see those comments on social media and like just, you don't even know what to tell them because they don't have the will to change their mind or no. to learn because no. they're set on their idea. Like they think that we are here to steal their jobs <laughs> and damage their economy. But yeah, um, I guess the last thing I would ask you to do, like, because you... You two, like I said, I, I look at you like little sisters, oh. like younger sisters, um, but you two have a lot to teach people. You're also very insightful, which I like a lot. So I guess oh. for people that might hear this, um, I think especially for 
immigrants or people that are not Canadian, whether they're or they're not citizens from mm -hmm. the country they're in, um, what would you tell them to encourage them, or, or if they ever, they're going because they're definitely going through things mm -hmm. similar like you, like what would you tell them in a very short and sweet way? Mm. I would say that I admire you. Um, I can only imagine the struggles you're going through. And that you can do it. We all can do it. You're a person who works hard and you're going to be able to accomplish everything. I feel like um, we're all connected in a way. We're here for a reason. Um, as Monica said, um, for you to leave your home and to leave everything behind, your family, your country, your culture, and just... To come here, it takes a lot. Not everybody does that, and it requires a lot of strength and respect for someone to to come to this country to start all over again. And you're gonna have hard days. You're gonna have a lot of difficult situations, but you have to continue fighting. We all have to continue fighting because at the end we have a goal and we have to accomplish it because there's people back home that depend on us as well and we're here to have a better life and a better future and no one said it was gonna be easy but we can definitely we can definitely make it well that was valerius and monica's experience I hope that if you're not someone that has ever left your country, you were able to grasp the kind of things that those that did have to put up with simply because we're from somewhere else. And if you are an immigrant, I hope that you know that you're not alone. We see your work and we honor it, and you have many people rooting for you, me being one of them. Remember to check our social media at Prinzapolka underscore for our Twitter and Instagram, and Prinzapolka Chronicles of an Immigrant for our Facebook page. And as always, remember, the heart of the river beats in the ocean. See you next time.